Welcome to Con Cafe for Monday, the 24th day of January, year of our Lord, 2022. We're looking at the Gospel of Luke again, chapter 4, and these are the verses that come right after the Gospel reading of last week. We're looking at verses 21 to 30. We're looking at it in the New International Version of the Bible. I'm calling it Jumping Jesus, and you'll see why later on. And uh, I pray that this finds you well. It finds Nellie and I a bit nervous. Tomorrow morning, Nellie goes in for a total knee replacement. We'll be getting up very early, heading to the hospital, be there about 6, and then around 8.30 or so, surgery, surgery begins. We have a very fine surgeon who is a woman of prayer and one who does not hurry. Surgeries, takes her time, wants to do the best job she can. So we're hopeful, we're thankful, and we're thankful for you who will be lifting us up for prayer. And uh, again, I thank God for you and thank you for your prayers. I told somebody, it's easy when I'm the one that goes and checks on you and prays for you and holds your hand, as it were. And it's quite a different story, more so as the husband. Uh, one night that I spent in the hospital as a DS, that was really weird to be in the bed and having one of my dear pastors come and pray for me. And I was very, very thankful for that. Several people are praying. We have complete faith in God and in the way God's Spirit can direct uh, Dr. Box and uh, this procedure that my darling wife needs. And we pray this will end the painful existence she has known for this last, last few months. And uh, again, thank you for your prayers. Well, let's hear now the word of God. This is Luke chapter 4. This is verse 21 all the way to verse 30. He, which is Jesus, began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. You will remember this very first verse was the last verse from last week's uh, passage from Luke chapter 4. Verse 22. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. So Jesus preached a sermon, added on to what this sermon meant and how it involved him and them and the whole world, to be honest. Is it this Joseph's son, they asked? <laughs> Verse 23, Jesus said to them, surely you will quote this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. Truly, I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel where leprosy in the time of Elijah the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town, took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw Jesus off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. This, dear friends, is the word of God for the people of God, and we say thanks be to God. Well, it's a Monday morning. I pray that it's a blessed Monday for you, Con Café family, 
And may you, dear listener, dear reader, be blessed in a marvelous way to share your joy and love with others. That's my prayer for you. As I said at the beginning, I ask your prayers for my wife, Nellie, as she undergoes a total knee replacement today in Gonzales, Texas, and prayers for her surgeon, Dr. Gloria Box, a godly woman, woman of prayer, with good record, a good record, people that she has operated on in, in this area, and I'm thankful that we are able to have her as our surgeon. We pray that God guide her hands to a successful surgery and that Nellie's recovery be painless and speedy. And as always, pray for one another and lift your personal needs before the Lord. Why do we pray? Because God answers prayer. Well, friends, we return back to last Sunday's gospel lesson. As I said, that very first verse that I read uh, from verse 21 was the last verse of last Sunday's passage. Jesus was in a familiar synagogue, if not his own hometown's synagogue, and he read from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And he began his sermon with these words, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. That can mean several things. And I'm sure the sermon that followed, though it's not recorded, probably addressed it. Who he was, what God expected and deserved from those who would believe in God. And, and it's interesting that the crowd's response is, at first, the gracious one. Then it only takes one person in the congregation to ask that question that, gosh, do you even have to ask it? This is the boy's hometown. <laughs> this is where he grew up. This is where he met all, if not most of the people in that synagogue. And it had to be this one person. Isn't this Joseph's son? Ted giveaway. The folks knew Joseph well. And they knew Jesus as his son. Of course they did. But why did they ask that question? Remember, Jesus didn't start his ministry until he was 30 years old. So his years with Joseph as a carpenter's apprentice and then as a master carpenter, surely, at his father's side and then the death of Joseph, Jesus, we don't know how many years he had to carry on the family business for a while. So his years with with the people were well known, but somebody's always got to ask the obvious and very, or sometimes very unnecessary questions. So this drives Jesus to declare, surely you will quote this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. Then the truth, Jesus said, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. And then Jesus adds further truth that hurts those who are there to listen. I assure you, there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time. But when the sky was shut for three and a half years, and there was a severe famine throughout the land, Elijah was not sent to any of those widows of Israel, but to a widow and Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elijah the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. Remember that story? Whoa, Jesus is stirring it up. <laughs> Ouch. Jesus, when he preached the Sermon on the Mount, defined his remarks on the meek. And this is through further study. Those of you who have studied the passage or the Sermon on the Mount, and you look carefully at the footnotes, 
The meek means one who can control his or her anger, but when needed can show righteous anger, and we get a taste of it right here. Jesus was human, fully God, but in this situation, his truth hit home. We could say, well, he could have been more understanding and not gotten so angry. But friends, the key to Jesus' entire ministry is that he came to save the world, the entire world. He didn't come just for the Jews. He came to save the world. Yes, he wanted the people of God to come to know of God's love, and he mentions that in several sermons and several passages that we have about Jesus, but he also knew that the whole world was in need of salvation. They were in need of knowing the saving love of God. So his sermon on that day was based on the reading from Isaiah, which was for all people, not just the Jews, for all people to know of God's desire to set free all people, regardless of situation and status and race, the poor, the oppressed, etc., the lame, the blind, all of those people from around the world. Hear that, brothers and sisters, from around the world, including, yes, Mexico, Canada, England, France, all stood in need of knowing God. And here they are, angry. How dare Jesus respond in this way, putting down our widows and putting down those poor lepers. Not too long ago, Nellie and I and a group of young pastors from the Texas conference stood on the edge of that very cliff where this post-worship experience took place. We heard our professor, Dr. Jack Beck, describe a theory that some have held that Jesus supernaturally jumped that day to escape their anger. But he was just sharing that with us, he and I, and probably you, by more what the scripture says about Jesus just walking through the crowd and continuing on his way. It's one of those moments where the Holy Spirit guided him to put up with just so much, and then he takes over and just walks through the crowd to continue his ministry. Friends, it boggles the mind and saddens the heart to see how ready, how quickly, especially after worship, some people are ready to leave from the presence of God that we hope was one of love, and so quickly be trying to kill someone, especially the Son of God. I've shared with you in sermons there in Gonzales, and some of you may have heard it on one of my devotionals here, that a lot of interesting discussions took place in the car after Sunday worship between my parental units. It seemed deliberate. It seemed Satan was waiting just for us to get into the car and then begin this little discussion. But friends, this, this gosh, it just makes me sad that here are these people that were in worship of God, not worship of themselves, not in all of themselves and their power and they have just left the worship service and they're ready to kill someone especially the son of god we find this later in the life of paul as we read about all that he did and and tried to do and his ministry and how others especially religious men were so quick to hate and to kill in fact we meet paul at a very setting where they killed the first christian martyr stephen Saul was just a young man there. He was given the job of holding the coats of those men that were ready to stone him. And sadly, Jesus was not there to say, he who is without sin cast the first stone. No, 
Stephen was killed. He was stoned to death by angry religious men. Think about that. Angry religious men. There are just some men and some women that give religion and sadly Christianity a bad name because of how they react. They don't respond. They react without thinking. Just anger takes over and they respond in harmful, even fatal ways. Saul was there, and he himself was converted from this type of ministry. He said, I want to do this, and so he got permission to go and and prosecute and kill more Christians. But then, on the road to Damascus, we know his story. He became the leading evangelist of God's good news, because such is the power of God to change even you and me, as it did Paul. And as it has so, so many people. But friends, we know that the truth is there are no perfect people in any church, just like there is no perfect church. And that includes you and me. I would stand before you in line as more of a sinner than you. We are humans with human tendencies. But when we enter the spaces where we worship God and we listen for God's word, we should be receptive to change occurring in our lives for the better, to love more and serve more, and and to walk away from the negative and destructive forces that can, as Jesus quoted in John 10.10, steal, kill, and destroy. The times in which we live scream for kindness, understanding, compassion, tolerance, and unity, especially, especially, from the Christian church. If we are to call ourselves Christians, we are accepting to become truly little Christs in the way that we live. Are you willing to do that? Are we truly willing to commit to being a follower of Jesus and not just a fan? I hope that we are. Let's pray. Loving God, have mercy on us. Have mercy on me for our failures and for my failures. Help us to walk away from what we have done for so long, blind to practices and words and the condemning and shunning of people so that we can finally realize that that's not the way for us to live if we truly want to live as followers of your son, Jesus. I pray that you would fill us with love and joy and let the world be blessed by us. For it's in Christ Jesus' name that we pray. And let everyone say amen. Well, dear friend, again, thank you for joining us. And I pray this has brought a blessing to your life. And if it made you upset, well, take that up with God. Because God gave me these words. And I do love you. But I pray you have a great and blessed day in the Lord. And here's your assignment. Show someone how you are constantly being blessed by the Lord. Receive my blessings of peace and love. I'm Pastor Edalibadeverde. I do truly love you and thank God for you. And I pray that uh, the Lord bless you and keep you. Amen.